Welcome to The Joe Cohen Show. Join me as I share my experience with biohacking and invite top health experts to explore the latest technology, supplements, research, and resources for optimizing your body and brain. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Greg Naccarelli. He brings extensive natural medicine experience and has a strong background in genetics. He's passionate about helping people achieve optimal health by understanding the impact of the environment, lifestyle, diet, and genetics on health. He's a licensed naturopathic doctor and certified nutritional genomics specialist. He's currently pursuing his PhD in genomics from Clemson University. He obtained a doctoral degree in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University, a master's degree in individualized genomics and health from Johns Hopkins University, and a master's degree in molecular biology from Lehigh University. He is a member of Phi Kappa Phi, or Phi Kappa Phi, National Honor Society. His uh, previous research background includes RNA editing, vaccine and analytics, and molecular aging analysis. His current research interests include understanding the relationship between diet, lifestyle, genetics, and cardiovascular disease. Basically, uh, you've been in school for for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, very long time. Uh, let's see, probably six. I mean, in college, probably sixteen years, seventeen years. Too long. Right. I'll, I'll college, be you know, well, it's, you got uh, a master's, two master's degrees during that time, and then also a natural medicines degree, and a, and now you're about to complete your PhD. Yep, second doctoral degree. So I'm. Uh, and I'll hopefully be done that next year. So fingers crossed. Okay. And uh, the other thing, uh, the other credential you can say you have is you work for Self Decode. <laughs> That's a bit. Yes, we should disclose that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it will be three years in November. Been working for Self Decode. Yeah. Awesome. And you're, uh, you know, you're mainly working with uh, doing health coaching with clients in Self Decode, and. You know, and so you're, I think you're a good candidate for that because obviously, you know, the genetics, you know, diet, lifestyle, supplements, all that stuff, and you're able to bring it together. It's hard for us to bring on a lot of people there because uh, it does require a lot of different kinds of expertise. And um, you've also been, instru- you, you've been instrumental in creating our course. You want to talk a little, yeah, you want to talk a little bit of just about the course? Yeah, sure. And just to echo those sentiments, uh, there is so much information out there and uh, it's easy for people to get confused, especially when it comes to precision health, nutrigenomics, integrated medicine in general. Um, We're getting more standardized with it, but it used to be not as standardized. And so, uh, yes, Self-Decode is a platform, tries to simplify for people. And then the uh, practitioner webinars uh, try to help introduce um so there's two sets there's the precision health practitioner webinar series this is more the theory component of things so we talked about uh, fundamental genomics concepts fundamental ethics concepts nutrition lifestyle environmental health we cover biometrics microbiome um, nutrigenomics and so we we laid down the foundation for those principles and then we also have uh case study webinars that we uh have we have five currently we have one on gut health and thyroid. We have another one on cardiovascular health, another one on stress, and um, maybe maybe more in the future. So, um, so yeah, lots of content. Um, 
the first set of ones, Precision Health Practitioners, those are CE accredited. In order to do that, we could not do any marketing or advertising. So um, there's nothing self-decode specific on those. Um, those are CE accredited for naturopaths and genetic counselors and for other health professions that are wondering, what could I use these credits? What you would basically do is uh, take the information from those, the training and some, or ask your uh, CE credentialing body and ask them, would you accept these credits? And, and um, in many cases they would because um, they meet all the criteria. Like I said, no advertising or whatnot. Um, the other set of webinars, the case study series are uh, using self-decode. So this is basically you're, you're using self-decode. How do I work through a case? We include disease background information. And so one of the uh, things is on diabetes. So we look at the pathophysiology of diabetes. What are the signs and symptoms of diabetes? What are typical genetics uh, that you would contemplate? And then we run through a case. And so we have a case scenario of somebody uh, with a basically a full health back workup. And then we use self-decode to figure out what genetic reports do we look at? What genes do we focus on? Um, what recommend, recommendations do we make? And how do we use self-decode for doing this? So that's, uh, that's okay. what you get. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so they get... Um... They get credits if they uh, do the other course, and and which which uh, you said it, it, those credits also extend to other. It, it's not only if to be a genetics counselor; it also extends to other. Yeah. So, for example, um, somebody could be um, maybe a personal trainer, right? Or they could be some other type of, um, you know, nutritionist or something. So, just because we have not, so be, in order to get CE credits, you have to pick a certifying body. So. Um, Three people help make this. So myself, natural the doctor, we have a genetic counselor, Lauren Morse, and then we have a nutritionist, Val Prisicaro. So uh, Lauren helped get the CEs for genetic counselors. I got the CEs for natural the doctors. But it doesn't mean that if you're another profession um, that you wouldn't be able to get credit. So you just have to ask mm -hmm. them ahead of time. So it's already pre-approved for those two professions, but to get it for the other ones, just uh, I, I don't want people to run into the scenario where you do the training and then you submit it to your you know, to get CE credits, because I, the idea with the CEs is you're, you have a particular health profession. Uh, like, for example, we had a pharmacist reach out, right? So you're a pharmacist, you're interested in doing this um, to you, the, you know, the, the whatever pharmacy accrediting association, in order to prove that they have to uh, look at it ahead of time. So they would just that pharmacist would send that information to whatever pharmacy CE certifying body and say, hey, I want to do this training would account. Usually there's degrees of credits. Um, there's like more stringent ones. And then there's a certain amount of uh, CE units. By the way, CE is continuing education. So there's a certain amount of continuing education units um, that aren't as serious. I I'm willing to bet that this um, training would, would qualify for that. So, and hey, uh, it's great information regardless if you get the CEs, but the CEs would be nice because we all have to do it. I got mine coming up next year. So I got to find things to, to get CE approved, but. Awesome. Yeah. And so um, I guess if anybody gets CE credits for a specific discipline, we can talk about giving uh, the course for free to them as a bonus. Okay. Well, that's saying <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> this way it'll expand to more uh, things that people get CE credits for. Awesome. So right now it's just for the things that are pre-approved. They're naturopathic doctor and genetics counselor, right? Yes. Let me also okay. say, it's not like I just submitted a paper. This is a several month long process in order to get CEs approved. So it's it's not like, why don't you just do it for everyone? It's very difficult. So, um, but like I said, and if there's more interest, 
we were trying to figure out, you know, what the bulk of the interest was. So if there's another profession that's like, hey, you know what, these don't qualify. We want something that will qualify. Maybe we'll we'll go through the process of uh, of uh, getting it certified. I mean, we've got the case series, so people could find out more from there. But how do you go about using self-decode for somebody, right? It, let's say they have X issue or whatever. They're trying to optimize some kind of health parameter. How do you go about using self-decode or, or what's your general process? Absolutely. So um, I think two things for any practitioner, no matter what profession you're doing, you want to figure out what what's the main concern for this person? Why are they seeing me? You have to be very specific in figuring that out. That comes down to having a really thorough intake. And then when you see that individual asking very specific questions, um, because ultimately that's, that's why they're there, right? So that's part of your job. The other part of your job is when you're working with health information, if there's something serious and you come across it, it is now your job to deal with it. So whether that's within your scope, whether it means referring to somebody that has the scope to deal with it, um, that's, that's the other part of it. So you have to consider both those things. Um, how do you capture that, that information? So again, having a very thorough intake and the intake is, uh, we'll touch on many different things. So my intake, we're looking at previous health history, family history, especially when you're looking at genetic information, we we'll look at family history, current health history, whether they've had surgeries. Um, there's something called a review of systems. And so you could touch upon each organ system. So for example, um, let's say they're coming to you for digestive issues. You could ask them, are you constipated? Do you have diarrhea? Do you have flatulence? And so you could uh, ask these things. You could score it if you want to quantify how often or how severe these issues are for those people. Um, so you look at all the symptoms that they may be experiencing, uh, extensive dietary analysis. So there's many different ways to do that. Um, there's, there's tracking devices that we could use that people could send you that information. Um, I like to at least do a 24 hour diet recall in a visit this way. Um, some people do not have that great of a recollection of what their diet's been like for the last several months. And so 24 hours is usually, um, pretty good. Although oftentimes it happens to be atypical. It is what it is. Um, and just general dietary things. So do they have dietary restrictions? Is there certain foods that they have to avoid? Do they have uh, food allergies? That's another really uh, important one. Food sensitivities, distinguishing the two. Um, stress management, exercise, movement activity. What does somebody do for a profession, right? Are they sitting all day? Are they, are they on their feet all day? Um, and then you could look at the other types of uh, environmental health things, right? Is there environmental exposures that should be, we should be aware of? Is there like mold exposures or toxin exposures? Do they have a particular dental history? And so, um, you could gather all that information, um, to try to get a full picture of, of what's going on. So with that, so get all that information. What I'll do is I'll get that information. I'm figuring out from this whole thing, what is the then most important things that I want to touch upon? Um, self code is very large. There is a ton of information. There are a ton of genetic reports, people that have access to it ahead of time. Usually what they're saying is, I don't know what to do with this. This is all these reports. I don't know where to go. I'm seeing smiley faces. I'm seeing sad faces. Like what, what, how do I know what's relevant? And so when you have gone through the health history and then you know what things you want to touch on, then you could go that, that angle. Um, labs is super important as well. And so what labs have been done? Sometimes they don't have labs. Sometimes they do. The labs can vary. We have conventional labs. It could just be a CBC, a CMP and lipids, or it could be a microbiome analysis or, you know, full nutrient panel. There could be all sorts of things. So 
Um, let me say working at South Dakota, I've, I, I feel like I've seen almost everything. There's nothing that would surprise me at this point that, that I didn't think could be tested for. Um, so there's a bunch of things to test for. Is it clinically relevant? That's a whole other discussion, but you know, you could look at the information, make the determination. Is this something I want to include in my workup or is it just extraneous information that's just going to lead us, uh, down a path, which sometimes, uh, it does, uh, people come in with their own idea of what they feel like is important and what they feel like is addressed. And your role as a practitioner is to balance that with what you think is relevant. Um, you want to address their concerns, but you also want to address the ones that arise in you as well. And so, uh, with that so information, questions, a few yeah. quick questions. Um, number one is you, are you using the intake form that we provide in self decode for the practitioner accounts? Yes. Those, those same questions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those same, but I'm saying that the, uh, software that you create questions and you send that to the patients. Yes. We use it in self decode. Yep. Okay. And, and how, how do you find that? You could be honest, by the way, just, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Curious. Um, if, if you go to the, uh, so I'll be honest. I, so I do have somebody else from self decode helping me. Thank you, Jason. Um, but so that will get sent. So you can put the person's email in there and it'll get sent to them. Um, they send it, they answer it, and then you will get an email notification and it will say, Hey, so-and-so has filled out your intake. So then you go click on that and then you will see their answers to, uh, your questions and so you can create Jason, whatever. Like, Jason helped you input the questions. Is that what it was? You gave him like a PDF, like a doc. Yes. And he put them in. He will also okay. send that to them. Uh, just one less step I have to do. So I'll get oh, the okay. But that over. takes a, that's a short amount of time. Just it's yeah, a no, button it's, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not a big issue. Um, I will say, okay. it it will take time for you to figure out because there are many questions, right? You could have many different. That's why I hesitated because we actually have two questionnaires. We have a questionnaire that's just for the disease consults, which is going to be different. We found that uh, if somebody's just doing the disease consults, it gets overwhelming for them to do that and the nutrition and everything. So now we have a couple so, different intakes. Let me say this: I will these questions that I ask on the form. It's one thing reading people's responses. I also like to hear their responses because how they give a response will also dictate how much I want to pay attention to it, right? They could sit there it's, on the form. It says, do, do, do you have consumed junk food? And they might just say yes. But when you ask them, they're like, yes, I had some ice cream last night or something. And it's like, oh, okay. So, you, so I would say the form should not be an end all be all. It should be a prompt for what questions you should ask when you see them in person. Right. Okay. And um, so uh, do you make them upload the labs to the lab analyzer? Uh, now that we have the practitioner sharing feature, yes. Um, whatever labs they have had done, I'll be able to get access to before visit. So yes, it's uh, there in self-decode. Yep. Okay. How do you find the feature? I think it's really good. So the, the tracking over time, I think, is invaluable. Uh, I had somebody last month that had been tracking since the year 1999. So we saw just this like 25, 24 years of information. And I was just like, Oh my God. Um, that's something otherwise, you know, how many, how many, you know, you'd have a stack this high of all the labs from, from that long. So, uh, right. especially tracking over time, it's, it's invaluable. Uh, also when you're going over these lab markers, um, you know, Obviously, I've seen these markers a lot of times. Some, some people will get lab markers. They don't know the information. So being able to click into a lab marker and go through it is, uh, is really awesome because I could 
read to them in real time what it is, what the risk risk of it is, what things mm-hmm. uh, we could possibly do for it. So, uh, so yeah, there's a nice. lot of just from the labs tab itself that we could get access to. So you use that a lot, and you find it's very uh, valuable to the to your consulting. Yeah, I mean, and not just myself. The people that I have seen have found it very valuable as well. The people that you're coaching. Yes. Yep. Okay. And by the way, we're adding a lot more recommendations to the labs. Just FYI. I mean, that would be awesome. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a a lot of. I mean, some of them have a, a lot of recommendations, but some of them are missing. Uh, but now we're adding them to all of them. Like we were, we we also are populating um, the database for for the recommendations. This is a, a thing that I'm using all the time now, and I don't. I'm I'm curious if you're using this this uh, recommendations feature. You know, I heard you talking about this before. Uh, I always go on the recommendations from specific genetic reports. I have not gone to this tab, but um, I'm curious. So how will you typically use this? So, I mean, I guess there's uh, two ways to use it. First of all, we, we did add a lot of uh, recommendations to the report. So uh, let, let's kind of talk about, um, uh, you know, a specific example, specific case. What would we, I guess we could go to me, right? So this is something that I'm interested in, low mood. Okay. And what I really like is we added a lot of recommendations. So this one's going to have 53 recommendations. I go to the low mood report. All the recommendations are laid out there. And you can click on each one. Or you can add them to your regimen. So that's what I kind of do. I I, like I go to the main issues that I'm looking at or for somebody else, and I'll just add them to the regimen. And then they'll be on their care plan. Gotcha. Yeah, that's typically, uh, well, I won't add it from there. Usually I'll scroll down and like discuss it with them, but essentially, yes. So usually from the right, right. I'll actually add it. Yep. But I'm I'm saying if, yeah, if they're interested, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) that's a ton of recommendations there. It's a lot larger. It's been definitely growing since I've been here. Yeah, yeah, the the recommendations database has been growing a lot. And so uh, if there's a specific problem, I'll go here. Um, You could also go here, let's say if it's more general, for example, if, uh, you know, they want to look at brain or something like that. It's going to give a lot of recommendations. Now, this feature is is going through, uh, is going to be, is going through a bunch of updates. Uh, One is going to be in a few days, actually. So. By the time this is out, it'll have the feature. But you can see, uh, let's say this is for brain. You can, you know, pick a category. You can also pick multiple, uh, I think. Yeah, two categories or one. Um, and it'll show you all the recommendations. And um, and then you could see what each recommendation is doing, essentially. And you could also do, you know, sort it by supplements. Let's say if somebody's supplement junkie like me and they you know and they already do all the main stuff you could see like all these recommendations so for example pycnogenol interesting stuff so i have a i've got all these genetic predispositions that are high risk and i used to have hemorrhoids so i know that one was expressing um and every so often they come back so uh pycnogenol is probably um 
something I should add to my regimen here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I have things that are similar, so like grapeseed extract. But actually, I should, I'm gonna probably put in the pycnogenol. But anyway, uh, my mom has varicose veins, so that's genetic. It's more common in women. Um, I'm not gonna be getting Parkinson's for a while, but I, it seems like like I have this genetic predisposition, and then um, my executive function in certain ways is a little poor. So that's good to know that this is good for it. And uh, if I don't eat well, my blood pressure does go up. So this is kind of like counteracting all the negative genetic predispositions, whether they're, you know, expressing or not at the current moment, they, that these kinds of processes, disease processes in the body is going to be significant. And this counteracts that. So, um, Number one is it's cool to finding recommendations, just like if, if you're like, okay, what are we going to do for this patient or client? They've got some kind of brain issue. You could scroll through some of this stuff. Um, 5-HTP, let's see, 5-HTP. I use this. This is like instrumental for my mood. So something, yeah, zinc Sam, is, is on that as well. Instrumental for a whole bunch of things for me as well, but you could see all the things that zinc helps with: acne, homocysteine, mood, uh, predisposition to have lower zinc. Um, but another way I use it actually is every supplement I think of taking. Like, give me a, a random supplement. Let's go CoQ10. Okay, so let's say we do CoQ10. We might have to do CoQ10 here. Okay, Kyonzim Q10. So it'll. Sh let's say you're thinking. Okay, I'm thinking. Um, you found it in a specific report. Let's say, like uh, I have this problem. You know, I want to prevent cardiovascular disease. Let's say. Okay, you look at the report. You can add it from there. But let's say you say. Okay, I want to see what more things that Coenzyme Q10 could help with this person. You could look at. You could look it up here, and you could see that. It's counteracting a lab result that's out of the optimal range. So for me, I have high lipoprotein A. It's about 50. Uh, it fluctuates, but coenzyme Q10 is one of the things that can bring it down potentially. And then there's genetic predispositions, hearing loss, Parkinson's, high blood pressure. So here's all the things that it could benefit that I have high risk for. Here's things that it could benefit that I don't have high risk for, but still these are benefits. And it uh, typically, to get here, it needs a clinical trial, double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial. Um, and so you see, like, here's a whole bunch of examples. Sperm motility. Chronic fatigue is just also another word for energy. So when I, I look at that report, actually, any, everything good for chronic fatigue also is good for just energy. So people want to know, how do I get more energy? Um, you know, I don't necessarily have more higher risk for this, but it's good to know that it helps with that. And, you know, just a bunch of different things like skin elasticity, facial wrinkles, heart health, kidney health, things that I don't have risk for per se, high blood sugar. Like I don't have a risk for high blood sugar, but I do want to bring my blood sugar down. So it's good to know that the same with cholesterol. It's good to know that it helps with these things. So that's kind of how um, I use this feature. Uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll put in a recommendation and 
other times I'll just put in a category. And and you could also, uh, some people are more interested in just in diet. Some people are in, in supplements. And um, we've been adding a lot more granular lifestyle recommendations because that's what people want. Like they don't want to know just, okay, exercise is good for this. They want to know, is it high intensity exercise, strength training, this, that, and the other. So we've been a lot more granular with all that stuff. Awesome. So I'll tell you, I, I frequently run into situations where somebody is on a ton of different supplements. Uh, you know, we all have reasons for taking supplements, right? This benefits from this and benefits from that one. And right. so when we're trying to prioritize, okay, which supplements do we want you to stay on and which ones are less important? If by using this feature, we could see, okay, based on your genetics, you actually should be more inclined to take this one because it hits more genetic issues versus another one. It's what it's finding is all the clinical trials, and then we're matching it also against the risks. So as we get more risks and we get more recommendations, the database is going to get better and the, the algorithm is going to get better. So what we're doing is we're going to give a, a grade to each recommendation so that it, you could see is this A, B, C, D, whatever. Um, and we're, we're making it a lot smarter. So there's a lot of good improvements for this feature, but just right now for the, the prototype, it actually is still really good in the sense that I'm, I'm using it all the time because I've got a lot of labs uploaded here. And you could see, for example, how is omega-3 helping with my labs, right? Suboptimal apolipoprotein B, suboptimal EGFR. Um, so the system also gets smarter the more labs you upload, which is pretty cool. Tell me exactly um, how you've been using self-decode now. And by the way, did you did you like when we put all the recommendations um, on like one page so you could see them all clearly or? Yes, I actually had a practitioner that um, we were walking through that the other day. And uh, yes, and that was one question they had too, which it looks like in, on the screen that you just showed previously, uh, they wanted specifically to have the labs as an option to also recommend supplements. Um, and I, I don't know if that was an option before, but I, but now it is clearly. Um, what do you mean which, the labs? Like, um, it looks like they were recommending supplements based on the lab values also, uh, rather than just the genetic reports. And I, I think whatever big screen. That's correct. Were, it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, and that's what they wanted? Yes, they did. So yeah, basically mm -hmm. you, you okay. now have what they want, had wanted. And, and this was a couple okay. months ago. So, um, so yeah, asking Got you to shower. Okay. Also, um, uh. Yeah, do you look at, uh, let's say, the lab results that should be tested for each of these? Like for each report? On the reports that, yeah, I mean, you'll see this especially for the disease reports. And uh, yes, we will go over that. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, we will we'll cover that. And uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, really, I, I, I'll focus on going through genetic reports. So, well, genetic reports, I'll also go over depending on if there's a, a particular gene of interest in one of the genetic reports we'll go over. Um, if there's a SNP of interest, we could, we could go down to that level if we want. Um, if there's a blog report written on that particular gene or SNP, we, we'll go over that. Um, mm -hmm. And then it depends on what other information they have. Like sometimes people have filled out the, the lifestyle questionnaire. So if there's that information we could look over. Um, obviously labs, it just you know, it depends on did they upload it? And if so, what do they have in there? I, you know, I, that's another thing too, I was going to mention, like whether it be the supplements or whether, um, 
you know, it's a lifestyle analyzer. I mean, everyone is, they're just basically trying to, it's time competition. And so what are they going to prioritize yeah. their time to do, whether it's add supplements to a list or, uh, you know, fill out a lifestyle analyzer. Uh, but I will say, I feel like there's the people who take the time and dive into it. Um, I mean, there's a clear difference when I see people and they have dived through self-decode, it's definitely a big difference compared to people who have not looked through it at all. And they see me and they want me to untangle it. A lot of the discussion is just, what is it? How, what do we, what do you have at your disposal? What type of information you have? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, as you were, you were just showing a, just a, a slice of what self-decode has to offer. And, uh, even that is, it takes time to go through that. So, um, so yeah. you'll, you'll look at a report. And so let's say, uh, give me an example of a client, you know, let's go, let's go to, uh, LDL or cholesterol or one, one of those things. Okay. Uh, do a lot of clients have issues with their cholesterol? Yes. I would say it's probably one of the most common things. Interesting. And they want to address it for longevity purposes and things like that. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes their doctors recommended a satin or they're just concerned that they have these markers. I mean, I feel like it's one of the most common atypical markers will be either elevated cholesterol or LDL or low HDL or, or one of those, mm -hmm. some combination of those. And so, um, and yeah, that's what they're trying to figure out is what, what can they do to try to bring this down? Usually they've already tried some semblance of, of something, some supplement or something. And so, um, now they're wondering what, what does self decode say I should try in order to lower. Okay. And so, um, and then with so that, we'll so yeah, here, I mean, you'll go to recommendations. Yep. And so, um, now we got 81 recommendations. You see this big list. So I don't, I don't go from there, but usually I'll scroll down the list. And then as we touch upon each thing, it's an opportunity for discussion, right? So number one, choose healthy fats. And so as I scroll down, we'll look at, and usually I'll see if there's a gene that's, that's, uh, listed there. Um, maybe we have one. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So we have this one, PPARA. So, uh, you know, that's an opportunity for them. Now, and honestly, it, some people want that information. Some people want to know what is this gene? What does it do? What's the variant? What other things can I do? Right. That's what's nice about self code is if you click that, there's other blog reports that could dive further into that one single gene if you wanted. And so, uh, mm -hmm. to some people, I go to that level of, of depth. Um, but not some people wants. want that level. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but some people don't, I mean, if you have seen this before, so I'll say for the people that have gone through self decode, they've seen this report, they've looked through the report and now they're just wondering what more can I add or, or what other perspectives I have on it for somebody that has not seen this, it's not helpful for me to go to a report, then to a gene and to a SNP because then you're overwhelmed, right? So there's a lot of information. Right. So, uh, you know, so, so going through it step-by-step, step, um, you see, so you're going to go through one recommendation, one at a time. If it's relevant, right? So, um, you know, for example, sometimes you'll see smoking come up, right? The person's not a smoker. Are you smoking? No. Okay. Move on. Right. Um, you know, choose healthy fats. Like, okay, what are you, right. what kind of fats are you eating in your diet? Right. And I will have and then, already had that discussion with them, right? We will have already went through their diet. What are you eating? What types of fats? Maybe they have labs. We will have already went over it. So when we get to this section, it's usually just a, well, we've discussed this. We know that you should probably increase your omega threes, decrease your omega sixes to improve your omega three to six ratio some semblance of that. So usually when we get to this, it's not like, what is this? We've never talked about this. Right. Do you find uh, that you, you think more like, let's say uh, if we're deciding, do we want more of these personalized genes or do we want more 
of um, more reports, let's say, what, what, what do you think, or more recommendations or whatever, right? Like, what do you think is uh, more useful? If I'm being selfish, I'll say I want more of the gene recommendations. If I'm personalized if I'm, to your genes. Yes. Um, but if okay. I'm not, I, I'd say, honestly, it's a coin flip. I feel like half the people would like that. And then half the people would just like more reports. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let me also say one big question I ask is, will saturated fats increase my LDL? And so that's where these genetic reports really come into uh, handy is because right there, you see you have one variant. And there's there's several of them. Um, as you scroll down, you'll probably right. cr come across a couple more that are also associated, like APOC3. And um, there's another one. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go over that. There's also yeah. the whole dietary section as well, right? People just wonder what kind of diet should I eat? And so you have that whole section, um, just like proteins, carbs, fats in general. Uh, okay. So you go through one at a time and then you build, you click on these things to add it to their regimen. Yeah. So, and it really comes down to has, have you tried some of this, right? The foundational stuff. Diet and exercise, super important. If you're not, if that's not established, I usually spend a lot of time doing that. As after right. we've kind of emphasized how important that is, then we'll transition to the supplements. You saw there, berberine was on there, garlic was on there, uh, citrus bergamot I really like. So we'll kind of go through those ones first, and then we'll kind of work down the list and see um, what things have you tried, what other things should we add, um, and and kind of work through there. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Um, and then you go through all the different issues that they want to solve. Yes. So um, I will say, honestly, I probably get through maybe because this is a lot of information, right? So at, at when we, by the time we get to it, maybe three reports per visit, maybe two. Um, if, okay. if somebody is very new to this, I, I should take a step back. I Because we, we kind of just kind of jump through that. The very first page of this is explaining like, what is genetics? What is this report? What is a polygenic risk score? So I want to make sure that they understand this. So I let them know. So this says based on 1,366,051 genetic variants. So I let them know that's the variants they looked at. In this table, we have the gene on the left, APOE. We have the SNP. And then I let them know, you know, sometimes we know a lot of information about these, so we could click on them. Sometimes APOE is one everyone, most people have heard of. So sometimes we'll spend some time on that. Let them know APOE is associated with uh, cholesterol metabolism. Um, there's another key piece of information there. So go back real quick. Okay. Uh, up to 65% of the difference in cholesterol levels is attributable to genetics. So I let people know that because some people wonder how much are genetics to play a role in whatever health issue. So I always make a point right. to emphasize that because it's, it's important for them to know. That yes, a good portion is genetic, in this case, 65%, but otherwise 35% is up to your choosing. It's things that you do in your life or supplements or diet, many other things. Yeah. So for example, it is very important to know, for example, if you're like, let's say high risk on something that is only 10% genetics, then it's not going to be relevant. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're high right. risk for something in your genetics that is not very genetic or that genetics can't explain uh, very much of it. So you're not going to pay that much attention to it. In this case, actually cholesterol, there is a big genetic role in cholesterol, which is why if you have high cholesterol, it's hard to just bring it down with diet yeah. and lifestyle. And the other one you kind of touched upon earlier, lipoprotein A, that's, that's probably the one that is the highest genetic correlation. 
So that one, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's close to 80, 90% of differences in LPA is genetic. So, you know, sometimes we get to that, those situations where something is highly genetic, but, um, you know, even in those situations, there's still some things that are recommended that could be potentially helpful. Like you were mentioning the CoQ10. Okay. So you look through their reports and then what do you do? Um, usually it's a, you know, give and take discussion on what kind of things we're going to try. So, and that's where, again, knowing what they have tried in the past, what do they feel like has worked? What hasn't, what can we, what information are we using to support that it hasn't? Is it subjective? Is it objective? Is it laboratory information? And so figuring that out and then, uh, trying things and, uh, it's, uh, not as cut and dry as, uh, you know, as we've seen. There's a lot of genetic variant variation in, between each individual and, uh, not the same thing works for every people. And for some people, some things work better. Um, so yes, trying the, trying different things. Also, again, a lot of it, I'm a big fan of information collection and I'm a big fan of, so we have the genetic information, we have the health history, we have uh, subjective information, which is basically symptoms and then labs. And so, uh, if one of those is, we don't have that full picture, I, I always try to figure out, okay, how can we do this? If you haven't had labs done in a while, maybe you should get labs done. How do we get, how do we get labs? What labs would be most appropriate? Um, we could use the genetic reports or, um, so that's another thing too. Like, uh, we do have blood markers, uh, poly right. blood markers we could look at. So maybe there's some things, uh, you're like, so are you AL looking at risks and seeing what yep. I will sort by the risk, honestly, to start, because I feel like. Uh, now after the health history, because not every risk is relevant, right? Maybe somebody has an increased re need for zinc, but they don't actually have low zinc or they eat enough zinc foods or they tested their blood zinc and it was normal. Right. So I look at right. of the things that they have a risk, where is the risk manifesting? Right. So let's mm -hmm. say homocysteine, um, let's say they measure their homocysteine and it's high, which I will say that I feel like that one is very accurate. Usually when I see that one higher homocysteine, they have some semblance of, of higher homocysteine. And so. Um, we'll, we'll then focus on that. What causes high, higher homocysteine? Why does that say you have a higher genetic risk of homocysteine levels? If you haven't had it measured, measure it. Um, do they have risk of cardiovascular issues as well? Cause that's how high homocysteine would be increasing risk is cardiovascular disease. So, right. um, so yeah. Go so you're going to look through these risks and see, so this is one of the processes you do. You look at the risks. Yes. Uh, now I, I don't just of, of which is relevant. Like at this point, I know which reports I'm looking for pretty, pretty precisely. Um, mm -hmm. rarely, rarely does somebody come in without some issue or some angle a, a couple times. And in those situations, I will just basically almost blindly sort by risk. Okay. All your labs are normal. Your health is fine. You have zero symptoms. Okay. What, what now let's just look at your genetics and see, well, based on your genetics, what are you predisposed to? If that's a younger individual, then maybe when they're older, some of these other genetic risks will then manifest. So now we're looking at right. having a preventative action towards preventing the onset of some of these things like kidney stones or homocysteine or whatnot. Okay. Most of the time people, they come in, they know, they know what they want to optimize. Usually they know the health issue. Usually they're on this path because they, they're, they're, there's something that they know that they need to work on or address. Sleep, sleep and stress are probably the two most common ones. Sleep, stress, and cholesterol, I feel like are the two, three biggest ones. Is there anything else practitioners should know? People want a, something specific addressed. And 
that's where the health reports are helpful. Now, and you know, in some cases, people, there's something else that needs to be addressed. And so maybe it's not their direct situation or condition, but you know, usually we're addressing something specific. Um, usually sometimes the recommendations are general, but right. But that's why I mentioned the, uh, supplement authorization thing. Sometimes it's not a health issue. They have it. Their issue is just, they have too many supplements. They want to figure out what should I stay on? What should I stop? Mm. And so, um, you know, we could use self decode for that. 67% of listeners aren't following the show. So please don't forget to show your support by hitting the follow button. Now you'll not only be supporting the show, but also investing in yourself and your health journey all while helping to keep us ad free.